In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me all the way from across the pond, I have two gentlemen on the line. First of all, the rock star of the paranormal parapsychologist, Mr. Cal Cooper, and the ghost finder general himself, the most haunted, Richard Miller. Good evening. How are you doing? Hello. How's it going? It's going. It's going. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. Richard. I thought it might do. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, Ronald? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I was surprised last week. You know, we hadn't heard you for a while. You, you said you were on hiatus for a little bit, and then you popped in. It was a pleasant surprise. Well, I actually, you know, I awful thing to say, but I did actually give you the dates, and I said I would, I would be back for last week. But there you go. You, you know, I know you're a busy man. I know you've got a lot on your plate, and you're getting old like me. <laughs> could be, could be, could be. <laughs> so anyway, yes, I was back, back last yeah. week, back this week, uh, and then off again. I think next week, and and then it's all over until February. Right. Next week is actually uh, Thanksgiving here in the U.S. So oh I, gosh. I, yeah. Oh, that's all. That lets, well, that lets me off. Uh, I, feel, I feel not quite so guilty now about that. That's good news. <laughs> How's Cal, yeah, good. Sorry. Cal's with us. He's going to add the uh, parapsychologist uh, angle to it. And, and actually, I don't know, but uh, Cal is actually doing an experiment tonight with my paranormal study group at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. So th- this is kind of exciting. He's going to be doing it all. Yeah. Always the, yeah. Are you over there, Cal? No, I'm, I'm over here, but we, we sort right. of had a long conversation last week as to what we could actually do at, uh, over distance but via Skype. So uh, yeah. I thought, why not do a sort of remote viewing experiment and kind of incorporate a bit of the Gansfeld into it? So we've mentioned the Gansfeld on here before, which is... You did. You, we mentioned it last week. But tell us more about what you're doing. I hope you have more success than I've had over the last 17 shows. <laughs> <laughs> Well, whenever we've done it in the university-based setting, it's always come up with interesting results and sometimes really accurate results. So in this case, what we have is a set of uh, five, uh, sorry, four um, images and one of them's randomly selected and then I put that in a sealed envelope and it's been on my person for the past week. And the group that we've got tonight is going to be split into three and that'll be skeptics, the psychics, and one person going through a Gansfeld procedure. So we'll put them into 
sensory deprivation or we're going to do a little mock-up of the Gansfeld so it won't quite be a full run but they'll get the general idea and we're going to see which of the groups can best predict what this target is and as soon as they've all written down their predictions we'll put up all four of the images and see which one of the images best relates to their prediction and then after we've discussed that we'll show what the actual target one is that I've kept on me and every day I've taken out of my pocket looked at the envelope and tried to picture the image in my mind so I've been trying to send these sort of thoughts over to the group so um, I'm interested to find out what will happen later it'll be good fun so am I I mean, I mean we're not we're not doing it live are you on the show I mean is, is this happening later or oh, yeah. later on. midnight your time Richard Oh gosh! Right. Oh, this sounds uh, sounds sounds good. I, I, you must obviously you will let me know um, the results. Um, I'm quite excited about that because we we've been doing uh, very similar but on a very different scale for the psychic and science uh, shows for the last. Uh, I don't know how long. I've lost track. Um, <laughs> five, six, seven weeks. I don't know. Whatever it is, uh, and uh, we, we've we've done similar with with the audience. We've had something in a box, an item in a box, uh, and we've been obviously we know what it is. We've always known what it is. We've and we've kept the amazing thing is we've kept it as the same item um, every week apart from one um, to see what the situation was. And um, in the whole time that we've been doing it, we've only had two people out of the, all of the audience, and we're talking of audiences from, I don't know, 180 to, to sort of 600, and we've only had two people out of the whole time that have, that have actually come up with the item in, in, in the box. Um, okay, you know, this is, this is a theatre, it's, it's a totally probably no, different situation. No, but I mean, but... you would think you would, just on uh, synchronicity or, yeah. or random chance, it would be higher. Well, I mean, I'm looking at, I don't know, I've, I can't give you an average, but let's say, you know, we, we've done, I think, 16 shows up to now. Uh, we've got the last one on, on Thursday, and we've had, uh, I, give it an average of 400 people per, per audience. That's, it's a few people. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, and not only that, but remember this, guys, that that, that item is, is only 40 yards away from them. And as we are on the stage only 40 yards away, so some of them are closer, those on the front row. You know, I'm talking about the ones at the back. Right. Um, and we've had two, we've had some amazing things. Oh, it's been, of course, such a laugh. Some of the people that have said all sorts. But the, the strangest, I mean, this has got nothing to do with this at all. But the, 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 the most popular thing that's come out of all of it is a banana. <laughs> now, what's that got to do with it, Cal? Uh, I, I suppose that's be careful <laughs> has it got a bit of a Freudian something to it I don't know um, I don't know well, what is the most common thing that springs to mind when someone just says think of an object I don't know would we jump for fruit straight away and quickly say that uh, <laughs> I would I don't know I don't know uh, no, I don't, obviously, but it's quite funny. But we've had some funny ones, some really funny ones but, but that's the one that's actually come out from the show more than any other item, um, and yet the item that's in it, um, which I, I, personally, personally, I'm very surprised that that um, that people haven't got it, because a there's another item um, almost the same on on my desk, would you believe, on on the stage, and and also it's something that I would have thought without saying what it is, because obviously we've got one show to go, uh, that a lot of people, perhaps to do with the, the, the 
ghost business or whatever, would, might have come up with. And yet, two people out of the whole thing, and, and I, I'm amazed. Perhaps we're not doing it right. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's an interesting proposition. I, I certainly think that you would have a higher, at least somebody who was close. I mean, do, do you know, for instance, uh, uh, the percentage of fruit? Was it a high percentage of fruit just alone, never mind just the banana? Nope, nope, just a banana. <laughs> a unicorn, we had one or two of those. Um, a gerbil, a live gerbil. Um, <laughs> all sorts of strange things. And, and this, you, this object is inside a box on stage. Inside it's inside a box, yes. It's inside a very, very old-fashioned hat box that, that once, once held a top hat. Uh, but it doesn't hold a top hat anymore. Um, in fact, the top hat is on my desk with a pair of um, gloves, you know, white gloves. It's all to do with the theatre mm-hmm. type thing. So that's not in it, and nobody but nobody in the whole time it's been on has, has mentioned a hat. Um, I, I just thought, you know, I mean, I don't, it's, you know, perhaps we should discuss, discuss this in greater detail, Carl, at a later date, because it's, it's obviously we've been doing it now over, over a, a five, six-week period with sort of 16 different shows. And uh, I'll tell you what is really funny about this, guys, is that one of the shows um, we were talking about, and we actually, I think we changed it, with, and we did, there was two of us, myself and Chris Conway, I think either didn't know or had forgotten that we changed it. <laughs> we were projecting what was in it before <laughs> rather than what was in it that night. And nobody came up with either of them. But there you go. Bit of a retrocognition there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> retro. Just a bit. yeah. And it was purely by accident, but it still did. Even that didn't work. But uh, it, it is interesting because uh, I thought I did honestly think that we'd get a reasonable. Result. But then again, yeah, I don't know whether whether an audience. Well, yeah, of course it is. An audience, it's going to be. It's an audience that's going to be listening to you tonight, isn't it, Cal? Via Skype. In uh, a way. Yeah, yep. we've tried our best though, to um, make sure that the, there's no bias involved whatsoever because we had to carefully think through, right, how am I going to select the images? How am I going to get these to run without Ron seeing the images? So I know he wouldn't give away what the target was, but, you know, let's just say if the psychic abilities are happening between all of us, somehow if Ron knew before the actual um, experiment went ahead, somehow he might psychically influence them as to what the target was. So yep. we've had to do this in a very secretive way, so I'm the only one that actually knows what the target is and what the decoys are, and Ron will have them in a folder, sealed envelope, yeah. that won't be open until afterwards. But I, I suppose that works the same with the stage show. There will only be so many of you that know what the actual target is, and the audience aren't aware because you probably bring it up throughout the night and actually say, right, we've got something in this box, mm. I want you oh, to yeah. It's not advertised before, but the other amazing thing, Cal, is that, without being funny, that it's now been... In the box for 15 shows. Yeah. Think, well, one of them it was different, uh, but apart from that, it was in 15 shows. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's sort of passed it on or... I, I've solved I the problem. I've solved the problem. Oh, come on, then. I, I understand it now. I know why no one's guessed it. Good. Go on, then. Because you, you, you didn't use a new box. You used a box that was old. Therefore, it retains certain energy, and so the energy that's retained in this box is is distorting the image itself, and uh, that's what's happening. Yes, but the, then if that's the situation, why didn't someone pick a top hat and say it's a top hat? Because that's what's been in it since nineteen nineteen oh eight. Because that's did what, anybody, that's did the anybody guess top hat? Did anybody guess top hat? 
No, that's what I'm saying. That's the amazing thing. And yet, Ron, it's a it's a leather uh, a top hat case box. Oh. You know, and and but you see, and the reason I did that because when when we were doing it originally, it was going to go into a metal box. You know, the, you know the sort of metal box that, that, that right. paranormal investigators carry around that sort of thing. And I I in my infinite wisdom thought that that might block some the energies or whatever being a metal yeah. box or aluminium mm. box or whatever it is. So I said, you know, let's have it in a in either a cardboard box or, or you know, and we got this leather box which you got that top. So I said, why don't we go for that? Um, so you know, I don't know. That's it. I've got no more to say about that. <laughs> Actually, Cal, as Richie was talking, I came up with an idea. I think what we're, we're going to do after the Paranormal Study Group tonight is that we'll take the four images. Did you send me four images? Did you say? Yeah, there's four that you should have in an email. So there's yeah, three I mean, ones to target. Janet took care of all that. She put it in a sealed envelope, so I have no clue what it is. So Excellent. we should take the four of those and post them on the website, on the uh, Ghost Chronicles International site, and just let people go at it and see if uh, we've narrowed the field, of course, but uh, let's see if, if they can continue this experiment for us. Um, yeah, go for it. Um, so long as you don't give the findings away after tonight straight away, I suppose you could see if anyone listening or going on the website can actually figure out which one was the target or still is. You don't want to do it beforehand because then no, no, you no. see the targets. No, 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 it won't, it won't happen until tomorrow. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, go for it. And, and what we'll do is we'll leave them up on the website for uh, two weeks and we'll, we'll see uh, what response we get and, and if anybody can actually. I mean, we've narrowed it down. This is pretty much like the, the five uh, psychic cards there, whatever they're called. Um, the Karen was Which supposed is, to send me, the, send me a deck, by the way. He owes me a deck with next time I see him. <laughs> the Zena cards. Introduced yeah. by Paul Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, what we could do then is, after tonight, uh, let's just make it a new experiment. I'll send you another four images, have one randomly selected, and I'll keep that on me for the next week. So the ones that go up on Ghost Chronicles will be a completely different set, so there's no bias involved again. I'm absolutely good with that. Cool. We'll do that then. There so you go. What do you, you think, Richard? New experiment going. Oh, I Richard think he's great. Think Sorry, it's great. Sorry. Yes, I think it's a good idea. Really do. I think it's. Uh, you know, I'd be very, very interested to uh, to get to hear the results of the whole thing because. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't. There's anything in it or not. Who knows? But, I mean, I, I know for a fact that you know this remote viewing and all this sort of thing has been. I mean, it, you know, the Americans, the Chinese, the Russians, the the British governments. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I've been sort of using it or experimenting with it for years, haven't they? Um, yeah, the exact information's kind of not exactly clear from what place has been using what. I've got one of my um, ex-tutors at the University of Northampton that was involved in some of the kind of military stuff, or at least knows a hell of a lot about them. But <coughs> some of the main stuff's been used in um, crime investigations as well, trying to remote view locations or people, you know, that could be in random areas of the countryside and even trying to give a sort of psychic profile of criminals as well. You've got nothing to work on. It's just you sat down in a room, relax, here's a pad and paper, write anything that comes to mind or draw something and see if it relates to what we're working with here. And that's what we did um, with the Gansfeld at Northampton. I was mainly working on remote viewing projects. So it was an assortment of different locations. So we weren't working with objects. You had to get people to try and travel in their mind psychically to these locations, figure out what they were, 
travel about them and just say anything that came to mind. Walk me through the location. Tell me what you're seeing, who you're seeing. Yeah. What does it look like from an aerial view, perhaps? Do a drawing of it once you come out of the Gansfeld. So that they could produce so much information. But the good thing was the target pool of locations were so different. You know, anything from a, a theme park to... Um, a blank desert or something like that, that they'd be so varied. So sometimes people would have to be so specific to get the exact shapes and dimensions of certain buildings that were there because there could be famous buildings involved. So, it, you know, it's fantastic stuff, and I really enjoyed going through it. It did take ages to send a single participant through. It could take up to two hours to do, to actually sit them down, get them relaxed, um, go through all the instructions, go through a, re- a relaxation tape, then the Gansfeld, then discuss the information, then take them to see the targets... But overall, it was worth it. We sent about 40 participants through, and we'd already done a pilot study. And I think we're still running these experiments now. We are going to take it even further. So it, it looks what, good. successful. What sort of results have you had from it, Cal? Well, we, Percentage-wise? With each uh, participant, they had to do two runs. And one of them was um, a, a mock-up of the remote viewing technique, which Major Paul Smith does training courses on and has got a book out on remote viewing and we used his technique for just getting the participants to try and remote view naturally or how yep. some members of the military would have done and yep. then we also sent them through the Gansfeld as well and it was mixed by the flip of a coin as to which they were actually going to do first the Gansfeld or the remote viewing technique and there was no statistical significance between the hit rate between the Gansfeld and the remote viewing but statistically, the Gansfeld scored a lot higher in getting good hit rates than just generally sitting there and trying to be psychic. So the Gansfeld yes. was producing what would appear to be a psychic effect a lot more, and significantly so, than the normal psychic procedure. So uh, yeah. there was no exact percentage, I don't remember. It was a while ago, but I do remember in terms of statistical significance, the Gansfeld was way better. I don't think normal psychic abilities or the normal remote viewing procedure actually reached statistical significance. It but the Gansfeld did. Yeah, the, the Gansfeld Which did. Which says a lot, doesn't it? It says a lot for it. And, and wow. we're actually going to reproduce that experiment, and we're carrying it a little bit farther because uh, we are dividing the group into three, as Cal said. One half of the group will be people who believe they have psych- psychic abilities, and the other one will be people who don't believe. And then, of course, we will have the one test subject in the mock-up uh, gang spell. So uh, it, it should be interesting uh, as far as the results we get. Um, yeah, I know that, for instance, um, re- remote beer viewing was carried on by uh, um, Russell Tag, and the, uh, he's a, he wrote a couple of books here, but he was with the uh, U.S. government project, yeah. Yeah. and uh, he was uh, with the uh, uh, ESPResearch.com, I believe is his website, and uh, he did did a lot with the uh, uh, Stanford Research Institute's work. So, I mean, yeah, we the U.S. government dumped a lot of money into it, so uh, with mixed results. Yes, of course. There's um, a, an American parapsychologist and statistician called Jessica Utz, and um, she proposed that only 1% of people are actually suitable uh, remote viewing, just generally having the ability to naturally remote view locations and what people are up to and what they're doing there. And when we applied the Gansfeld, it showed that we can actually change this and we can take anyone off the street that 
most likely doesn't claim to have any psychic abilities and probably hasn't had any psychic experiences or seen a ghost. But we can take them into the lab, we can put them in a sensory deprivation room, we can lay them down in this comfy chair, get them relaxed, and then um, start sending them through a relaxation procedure. The white noise comes in, they're seeing beautiful kind of pink through these eye shields, and it just okay. promotes so much... Um, um, images into their uh, mind and thoughts and sounds that are going on and it's sending them off into other worlds and it makes them lose a complete sense of time and they can be up to 40 minutes in the Gansfeld and most people that come out of it think, well, is it over already? I thought I was only in for two minutes. Yeah, and you it, mentioned that. Just, that's, that's amazing. It's fantastic <laughs> to watch and go The only thing I've got, <clears throat> the only pro- I don't have a problem, I think it's fantastic because basically I, I look, liken it to sort of changing frequencies in people's brains or, or you know what I mean? That, you know, more, more people see ghosts when they're on holiday because they're, 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 they're how can I put it? Their mind's in neutral. They're, they've got no worries on their mind and their minds are you know, open, which is what you're doing, isn't it? You're, you're relaxing, opening their minds, doing, doing whatever uh, to create a different, um, I don't know, different what? Um, Sense, uh, frequency, whatever. But the only thing is, how long? You know, once once you sort of take the the pink bits off and stop the music, or, or sorry, the whatever, and all that, how long does it do they then stay into in that altered state for? Um, we the lights in the room. It's usually a completely darkened room, and we dim the lights right down. So we just then switch on a red light bulb, and after they come out to stop it um, hurting their eyes, we just tweak the lights up a little bit and then they tend to sit in the chair for about 10 or 15 minutes and just adjust to the room again and they, they will feel it um, to be quite a trippy experience but this is what comes with um, going through something that does alter your state of conscious awareness or yes. alters your yes. conscious awareness much like meditation uh, people can have experiences from having meditated and then afterwards or during the meditation they'll have some sort of psychic experience or spiritual enlightenment. And then the same goes for psychedelic um, drugs and substances as well. Mm. There are just psychedelic drugs that are believed to actually promote psychic abilities and one of the most famous ones being magic mushrooms and the depiction of a fairy sat on a toad, uh, toadstool. That's where the whole idea came from. If you eat these, you will have these psychedelic visions of little people with wings or ghosts or whatever else. So by altering our state of consciousness, it doesn't mean to say that we're seeing a false reality. We could actually just be seeing an alternative reality. And it's opening up access to information that we wouldn't normally have access to. So um, it does trip people out for a few minutes or so after they've been through the experience because their consciousness has to adjust back to normality. Yeah, that's the big one. What I'm really saying is, do they have the... mm, is, is it during and while all of the uh, Gansfeld sort of um, job is going on, in other words, while they've still got the, the ping-pong balls on their eyes and, and, and everything else, is that when they're having the... Uh, is that when they're doing the remote viewing? Is that when they're uh, sensing the ghost, feeling the ghost? Well, we all, it's a word, obviously. Uh, or, or, or is it when you take them out of it that, it that they start to do it? Or is it both? Um, no, it's, it's during. We insist that while they're actually going right. through the white noise, as soon as the white noise kicks in, that's their time to just speak openly because there will either be a tape recorder on them or an experimenter sat next to them, and they're told to say anything that comes to mind or any image that you see, anything you hear, just speak out loud. It doesn't matter if it's rude thoughts or sexual. Say it. Just say what's yeah. coming to your mind. Oh, you'd be in trouble with me. No bananas! Yeah, bananas. <laughs> if it's wrong, uh, sorry, if they don't actually say it, 
and it does actually turn out to be the target, they can't then say, oh, well, I was thinking that. It doesn't count as a hit because they didn't say it beforehand. So they have to think openly and they have to speak out loud. And then once the session is over, that's it. It closes down and they usually sign off at the bottom of the paper saying, yeah, that's it. That's everything I experienced during the Gunsfeld. And they sign it to mark that it's closed and no one's going to add any additional information, which would be cheating. Yeah, we actually have a question from the uh, Parallax General. And they uh, they want to know why ping pong balls. Wouldn't a blindfold work just as well? Uh, ping pong balls are used because when we cut them in half, they, they're usually um, eye shields, but it's just so much cheaper when we buy ping pong balls and just sit there cutting them. <laughs> this is what psychologists get up to. We just sit there cutting balls in half. Uh, we, I'm not touching that. Yeah, we sit there cutting the ping pong balls in half because... Um, you can actually see light through the ping pong ball when you cut it in half. And they did a number of tests before they started using the Gansford in psychology in the 1960s. And they tried blues and green lights. The most calming light they found was actually a red bulb. Because when you've got the eye shield over your eye, uh, the half ping pong ball, and you open your eyes underneath it, which is what you're meant to do, you're not meant to shut your eyes. Um, when the red light's over, it creates a sort of pink vision. And it's very calming. It's very much like, as Richard said, being on the beach... Um, on holiday and just lying down and looking up at the sun and you've just got that red vision or the red pinky vision and it's also warm as well because the bulb is in your face so it's, it's not too hot it's just very gently warming and relaxing and it does promote these sort of images that appear on this sort of pink screen that you've got in front of you it's like you're projecting a cine film in front of your own eyes you're, you're putting your thoughts into vision and the vision's going on this pink screen and that's why we use ping pong balls if people just shut their eyes then it'll just be darkness and it won't promote the vision so well so that's what it is. So, so, this is great. I'm, I'm loving it. But, so, obviously, the situation is that remote viewing, fine, all that sort of What about people actually witnessing, you know, uh, it's, it's about time we got away from this, this word, ghost, you know, that, which only means, what? you know, it's a word that means to be frightened like or ghost. something. Sorry, I like ghosts as well, and without ghosts, we wouldn't be doing this. But right. the program is called, what's it called? Something about so ghosts. But do you understand where I'm coming from? You know, I, I, in other words, what, what's the chance, chances, percentage, or whatever, of people seeing something, smelling something, sensing something, hearing something, feeling something, while they, while they are in that condition? Oh, loads of times. There's been numerous times when um, some people thought that I was touching their head during the Gansfeld. I mean, you can picture right. the scene. There's just me and them in a, a small darkened room. And, you know, everyone says, oh, yeah, you're taking me into a small darkened room when you approach the participant and tell them, could you come with me for an hour in a small darkened room? But no, you just sat there and all you're doing is sat listening. And it would be funny to kind of poke them or tease them. But um, no, they're not touched. But sometimes they will get the sense that someone might be pressing their uh, hands down on their shoulders or they'll say, oh, well, I'm at a location and I, I can smell wood burning or something like that. So they have all kinds of unusual sensory wow. experiences while in the Gansfeld because it's um, suppressed a lot of the normal senses that we're using by relaxing you. Yeah. Let's bear in mind that your normal hearing has gone because it's taken over by white noise. You've gone through yeah. a relaxation procedure, which has relaxed your arms, your legs, your body, and even your head and breathing. And you're in a big comfy chair and you have a blanket over you. So a lot of the time you don't really know that your body's there anymore. You don't really, you're not consciously aware of it. And also your vision is taken over by the ping pong balls and the pink light that you're seeing. So you've well, only we're going to actually have to take a break right now. So you want to hold that thought? Uh, we will hold it. We'll hold it. 
You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and Beyond with uh, Richard Felix, Cal Cooper, and Ron Kolick. And we'll be right back after the following messages on TojiNet. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests who step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron. See you then. International with Sir Richard Billick, Mr. Cal Cooper, and Ron Kolick here on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. We actually have a couple of uh, questions. First, uh, 
Paul uh, Richard says uh, he had a great time last Friday night. He said to say hello to you. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, evidently, and uh, someone spreading rumors that I'm going over the UK, but I don't know who that is. Uh, but anyways, anyways, um, there's a lot of talk in the Parrot chat room about these ping pong balls, and they say, why couldn't you use like goggles with whiteout lenses, or perhaps? Uh, and there's even one that says she has a pair of goggles with. Flashing red lights and sounds. It was supposed to be sort of a meditative state, uh, state inducer. Uh, does any of that make sense, Kel? Uh, I can believe there's stuff like that about, but um, we could use specially designed goggles, but they'll just be the same. They'll, they'll just be like a, a sort of um, pair of very relaxed goggles that you won't really feel, you know, not like swimming goggles because you can actually feel the tension around your head, but they, all they need to be is just some white cone that goes over your eye or dome um, that actually lets shades of light through. So a ping pong ball works fine and it's cheap to buy ping pong balls. They're easy to replace and that's why we use them. There's Nobody no enjoys answer. cutting them in half. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's no better answer than that. It works perfect as an eye shield because then we can put bits of tape either side and it just makes sure that the entire eye socket is sealed off because you don't want them seeing anything out the side in their peripheral vision they don't uh, need to see the room the experimenter sat there it needs to be completely covered and believe me when you actually try one of these ping pong balls on that's been carved perfect to the eye socket you'll think really? wow it's actually quite a good idea <laughs> Okay. One thing I want to know, uh, another thing I want to know, because I'm interested in it, obviously, is the fact that, that I said about, you know, does anybody hear anything, sense anything? Yeah. Obviously, their eyes are covered, so they can't see anything with, yeah. their, with their eyes. Do, mm -hmm. people, <clears throat> do people tell you that they actually see things, obviously, inter internally? Do you understand where I'm, you know where I'm coming from, don't you? Third eye. Their mind's eye. Third eye, yeah. third eye, call it what you will. Yeah, um, some people have been known to actually fall asleep towards the end of the Gansfeld because it becomes <laughs> so relaxing. And you wouldn't believe that when you think, well, they're listening to white noise for 30 minutes. That's got to be the most annoying thing ever. And some people um, never get used to the sound of white noise. They do feel sick. Other people just tend to drift off, so they will shut their eyes. Most of the time, though, the main instruction is keep your eyes open as often as you can because you'll see more images that way, hopefully. But there are a lot of people that might actually end up shutting their eyes and then they do actually start to tell you the images that are in their head rather than what they're actually seeing in this sort of semi-hallucination on the ping-pong yeah. ball. So it, it works different ways. Whatever information they can produce be it images, sounds, smells, anything, it all gets noted down. And if they can't put something into words, sometimes they get an opportunity to say, well, I can draw it for you. I can draw the image I was seeing. It doesn't make sense to me, but here you go. What about, what about actually, what's the word? Let's get, the, let me think about it for a minute. What about the chances of, of them actually getting some form of uh, visitation while they're in that state? Well, they, they would think they would. We don't know if that would be just a mind's trick or, or it would be for real or, or really don't know where the source would be, correct, Cal? Is that pretty much Yeah, it? absolutely. It could work in different ways, though. I mean, we're testing people generally in a, a place that's used specifically for psychological experiments, but I have tested the Gansfeld before in haunted locations, and so's yeah. um, a colleague of mine, Winsper, who works with Steve Parsons as well. 
Um, oh, I, know, to, I know Adam very well, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, and what results? I mean, you know, again, have they... Ooh, here we go again. Has the ghost turned up um, or not? Well, I, I can't remember completely what happened in Anne's experiment, but she did do it down at an old mine and actually put people in the Gansfeld down there to see if they could actually pick up on the targets that she designated. Um, the location that I took people to, they did feel un uncomfortable having to relax in what they knew to be a haunted location, but the only um, unusual experience that came out of that was someone that didn't quite pick up on the targets or go the way I wanted them to. Well, I shouldn't really say the way I wanted them to. I didn't no, really no, mind. What you mean. <laughs> Whatever information they came out with, but it wasn't what I expected. They had sort of a... It was a, it was a kind of a... Um, they went into a sort of regression state in a way. They started picking up on memories of past events as a child, but placing themselves in uh, another person's perspective of those certain events in their life. And, you know, it had nothing to do with the original instruction, so it just sent them off into a, a, yeah. a historical trip, really. That's the only yeah. weird experience I can remember from using the Gansfeld. Well, no, uh, nobody's... Go on. Nobody's... Nobody, Grandma hasn't visited them during, <laughs> during the, the session then or anything like that. I've certainly never heard of those cases, um, this, but, you know, this, it's this probably... Is, I mean, probably, this is somewhat to the uh, psychomanthium chamber, and, and, and it's... Uh, and its uh, results, and, and I know that we have used the psychomanthium chamber in other locations, and certainly have made contacts with spirits in that particular location. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, if it could happen with the psychomanthium chamber, and or do you, you guys know what the psychomanthium chamber is, right? Both of you? Nope, never heard of it. You did tell mention it, more. but please recap. Yes, more. Please, please tell me wrong. Uh, the psychomanthium chamber was developed by Dr. Moody, and right. basically it, it's a uh, it's a type of uh, well, not a deprivation chamber, but it's a, a darkened small chamber. You sit in a chair. Um, there's a uh, a small lamp lit behind you, and there's a mirror in front of you, but you can't see yourself in the mirror. So it's kind of like mirror gazing, but it's it's a little bit beyond that, and mm -hmm. Basically, uh, you get in a meditative state, and, and they actually use this for therapy now. A lot of uh, there, there are a lot of people doing therapy with the psychomanthium chamber, and and it basically it takes you into a different place. In a yes, uh, yeah. So it, it's similar to the the gang, yeah. Only it's a large chamber instead of you know yeah. whatever. But results have been gained from that. As oh, absolutely. Sort of spirits or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I know from personal fact. I mean, personal experience. Yes. So, what I mean, you think of that, Cal? Yeah. When was the last time you used that run? Oh God, it's been about five years. That was at the uh, Hooton Mansion in North Adams. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you told me about these experiences before. Can you name one particular one that you had while going through this? Actually, you can uh, even listen to them because they, on the old Ghost Chronicles uh, show I do with Maureen it, on uh, Ghost Village, uh, it is on there. You can basically, I recorded my entire experience in the, in the chamber. The chamber is really built for like one person. And so basically Maureen came in and, and I sat in front of the mirror, which like scrunched down on a corner. And at that point, th there were several things that, that happened. First of all, she ended up ch 
trans-channeling uh, a spirit from the uh, mansion, and uh, that was one factor. The other fact is where I was and what I could see was in the mirror was, uh, and this is common in scrying, is that there was like smoke, almost smoke uh, in the mirror itself, and then uh, it began forming into the shape of a skull, and then it actually came out from the mirror and, you know, like extended, like you see in a horror show, mm. it extended itself out. And then uh, whatever spirit was jumped into Maureen at that point. So I did have, you know, definitely had experience with it. Uh, it wasn't a good experience, but uh, an interesting thing, a woman that uh, worked with Dr. Moody and has a psychomanthian chamber in her home in Long Island, and she also does therapy with it, she went to this conference where I had this uh, psychomanthian chamber, and... For some reason, it, it, they can't explain it, but uh, she ended up having a heart attack. Uh, uh, we can't say, you know, because of the chamber, but she feels that it was a result of it. Uh, we're not sure the reasons and everything, but uh, it, was, it, was, it, it was interesting, let's put it that way. One of the um, things in parapsychology we always joke about and each university wanted to get funding to get hold of them is those... Um, uh, do you remember those relaxation water chambers that you open the lid and you go inside and you just float and see all the images right. of the water rippling on the roof? Um, we've been wanting to use those to see if they work just as well as the Gansfeld, just using those to get people into a relaxed state. But, you know, that costs a bit of money to get two of those and place them in different locations on campus. But it certainly has potential as uh, being an interesting experiment and actually telling the participants to bring their cozy along. <laughs> I'll go and get into my hot tub when we finish this show and see what happens. There you go. There you go. Actually, the psychobanthium chamber is like a dry chamber like that. It's very, uh, it's very similar. It's, you've got that depuration. You know, it's insulated. It's, it's got the, uh, you know, I mean, some, some, um, some chambers they, they do play white noise in the chamber. Others play a low level, uh, you know, like a, a Bach or something like that, or some soothing uh, music as well. So I mean, what about brown noise, guys? <laughs> Excuse me, brown noise. What the hell is brown noise? You know, there is honestly. There's, 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 I've got a CD here uh, of brown noise, which helps people. Um, is that a British group? No, 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 it's not. I've got, I've got a guy that's actually a, a group called Paratech. Uh, he's a friend of mine, and he's the guy that's actually creating this, uh, created this machine that we use on stage, which we're trying to get, trying, trying to get uh, recordings out of the fabric of the building. Um, and um, he actually, uh, my, Julia, my wife, doesn't sleep very well, and he was telling me about uh, brown noise. Uh, he's an electrician, actually, uh, by train electrical engineer, and he's come up. He's given us this tape, which is called, it's brown noise, and, and it helps people sleep. Uh, and it, it's not as harsh <laughs> is the only way I can refer to it as as white noise, which is all a very sort of very much like interference all the time. Uh, so that's like big noise. noise. No, no, it, 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 I don't know about pink noise. Probably pink noise as well. But I've got a tape here. Uh, do, 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 next time I'm on, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll play it and see what you think, guys. But, but yeah, put, put the whole audience to sleep, right? Say again. You put yeah, the whole audience to sleep. to sleep. We might do. But do you imagine what might happen while they're all going to sleep? While yeah. they're in their hypnagogic state, just before we might have hundreds and hundreds of calls coming in that they're all seeing ghosts. Yeah, there you go. Mm. 
I don't think so. <laughs> but you got, you know what? You got, you got, wait a minute, sorry, sorry. sorry. Carry on, Cal. Yeah. The only time I've heard reference to brown noise or the brown note is the frequency that you can get in a musical tone that actually coincides with your bowel movement. So to actually <laughs> hear the brown noise or to be exposed uh, to it kind we'll of makes you go. One. I don't know about that, my friend, but I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. He gave it to us weeks ago, weeks and weeks ago, when he, we, he said that it helps his wife sleep as well. And I must be honest with you, we haven't used it yet. But now I've been triggered into doing something, so I will I will go and look it out, and I will find out exactly what it is and report back for the next show. Huh. And play you a bit. Now, now I'm surprised. Either, either one of you have not mentioned the dead chamber. Hey. What's the dead chamber? My dead chamber. Oh, the one you, you've made. The one we are developing. We ran into a little snag on it, but that's that's why I mentioned it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm in the great... Our Van de Graaff generator, actually, we blew it, so that's not good. But this is similar to what we're talking about, only perhaps we're given an overload of uh, sensory, I don't know, it's not deprivation, I don't know what it is. It has all the same idea, it has the white noise, it has the high EMF, it has uh, electrostatic uh, generator in it, we've got the, the lights, we've got everything, we've got smoke and mirror, and, and it's guaranteed that you see a spirit once this thing is uh, operational. Guaranteed? Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> what, Richard? <laughs> I, I said last time that it was probably full of Kate meters What's your that. name, Dr. D? <laughs> well, when you think about it, Richard, Richard, if you think about it, if, and, and, and Cal, if, if you think of what causes spirits, and if you, you look at, uh, you know, the people at debunkers, and they're going to say high EMF, they're going to say, you know, uh, the, the uh, dark places, they're going to say, yeah. you know, certain lights, they're going to, uh, so, I mean, if we, yeah. if, right, if we, if we overload your senses with all this, why shouldn't you see a spirit? Yeah, exactly, I, I absolutely agree with you, why shouldn't you? But that doesn't mean to say you are. Well, I'll let you know. You can't until we get it. Until we get our Vandegraaff. We, we, we brought this thing up. We got it all set up and running. Turn on the old Vandegraaff. Turn on, I mean, it sounded, my God, it sounded like a proton pack being uh, lit up on Ghostbusters. But uh, this thing started humming, and unfortunately, uh, not too time into it, the Vandegraaff just shot it out totally. And Wow. That's a shame. Funnily enough, we seem to be going very much down the same line because this is something that, that we've created. Um, uh, we were talking about it weeks ago. You, you know my theories about the, the possibility of, of, of an image uh, recording being stored in the fabric of the building. Right. Uh, that's what, yeah, and you're doing that with your psychic and science tour, correct? We're doing this with the psychic and science, yeah. Um, and we, we, I have to say, we've had some amazing, amazing results from it. Really? Um, Oh gosh! But the best, the best results we've had. I mean, the, the thing obviously we've been zapping the walls with this with electricity. With uh, biggest problem we've got is we haven't got a clue how many how many volts to put into the walls. You know, I, I, we don't know whether it's nine volts, twelve volts, twenty-four volts, two hundred and forty volts, two million volts. You know, it's all down to experimentation, of course. But um, and then the other problem you've got is that you know which part of the theatre do you do it in? Uh, and what happens if you're in a theatre that's not got a ghost in it? 
<laughs> which makes it slightly difficult. So we, we've, in some of the theatres, we've, we've actually changed it, and we've, we've actually got a German helmet uh, from, the, from the Second World War that uh, a, a Hitler youth guy was actually shot through the head wearing the helmet. And it's the bullet, the bullet, we've got the bullet hole where it entered, the, the huge hole where it went out the other side of the helmet. And would you believe when I started, because you know I'm like, Ron, when I started examining it inside, looking in the lining, there's even bits of his hair still inside. Oh! Yeah, <laughs> still inside the lining of the helmet, right? He actually um, um, raped uh, a 14-year-old girl in, in, a, in an abbey in, in, in France near Reims. And at the end of the war... He was still there. They were packing up to go. She picked up the rifle and, and his own rifle and shot him with it. And the helmet is still... Anyway, what we've done, because remember, it's a metal helmet, you know, magnetic, all the usual stuff, iron oxide. We've actually zapped the, the helmet with electricity. And okay. then we have um, uh, silica smoke, you know, from, from a smoke machine, which is sort of like dry ice. Uh, right. plasma, plasma lights going up in the air in, 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 the, in the smoke and get the whole audience to to switch their, their phones on, on the cameras, and start taking photographs. You want to see some of the results we've had. Have you, you posted them, them anywhere? They're on, on psychicandscience.com. I will you definitely have, have a look. We've mm -hmm. had some unbelievable results um, of images in the smoke. And, yeah, come on, I know, for you know, you stare at the clouds long enough, you'll see faces in the smoke, in the, in, in the, in the clouds. And, the, and same with the... With the uh, but the, the amazing thing is what you've said, Ron, is that the, 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 most, the most images that we seem to have had is, is of, of a skull rather than, rather than a face. What that's really? got to do with it, I don't know. I can't tell you. But uh, we're in the very early stages of it, as you, as you are. But uh, it's blowing people's minds, just in the same way as the young girl blew the Germans' mind. <laughs> so why 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 a skull? Why why do you think skull would know. be the most? That's what I can't tell you. But that's the because you see that's back to the old scary bit. No ghosts, skulls, skeletons. Nothing to do with that, of course. It just just for some reason seems to be that the image that comes out most. Um, is, is what in, people associate with skull. Is the skull? Sorry. Is what people are associating as a skull. Is this from the lasers or just the smoke alone? This is through, through the, it's the, the 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 beams are going up into the smoke. The the um, plasma uh, lights go up into the up into the smoke, and we're we're sort of in in a very crude way trying to reproduce a sort of a plasma screen, but it's obviously a, a smoke screen with plasma yeah. light in it. And, and then people see they take photographs and these images, and and the, the most images that we've got is the skull. And yet the funny thing is that in the box, of course, was a skull, and nobody got that. What's that got to do with it? Cal, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'll certainly go on and have a look at some of the images and um, I'll, I'll get back to what I think of them. Yeah, because it's, we, we've had some amazing ones. You know, obviously everyone's there. There's sort of two, 300 people in the audience all snapping away, like, uh, like um, whatever his name was, the, the pop star, you know, when he took photographs. And uh, they're all sending them in. Uh, or some of them aren't. Some of them forget. But uh, we rush around during the evening looking at some of their pictures. Uh, and I'm the, you know me, I'm the biggest sceptic on the planet. You know, and, and people start showing me ghost photographs. And I say, yeah, 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 okay, fair enough. Uh, but uh, we've had some... Very interesting results is all I can say. Uh, but we're in the very early stages of, of it. Who knows what we may be able to produce next. Right. 
Mm. So, yeah, very... So you're on the same lines, Ron. So we really need to be exchanging notes. Yeah, I, I think similar, but uh, uh, you are trying to get involved, uh, I think, uh, as a group of people. Where I, I'm trying to make it as more of a uh, personal experience rather oh, yeah. than... Yeah, group. And the, yeah. the cool thing, of course, is, is this is all recorded while it's going on. So yeah. what the person feels and sees, are they really feeling and seeing what is really there? No, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So it's kind of a neat experiment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, until we get our graph fixed again, uh, unfortunately, it's on hold. Uh, but anyways, so, Cal, going back to this uh, astro viewing thing we're going to do, um, uh, we're going to do one for the show here. You're going to do four, four new images? Is that is yeah. that the plan? Uh, later tonight, once we've actually um, done the class and the uh, project's been carried out and we kind of look at what results we've got and what everyone in the class thinks and we'll have a bit of a discussion, I'll then go away and we'll start it again. I'll do another set of four images. One will be randomly chosen as the target till next week's show and then people I guess can go online and look at these um, images and one I'll have on my person for the next week and I'll think about it as much as I can and we'll see how much feedback we get and which is the most common one that people pick um, ask them. I suppose we'd do that just just to see what in terms of statistics we get just to see I think it's, I think it's a great idea and, yeah. and you're going to post those on the uh, the um, Ghost Chronicles International page? Um, yeah, we could do that. I'm just thinking if that is actually the best way to do it, actually. Unless I just... I, I keep them until next week. We don't put them on the page, but just let everyone know that we are doing this experiment. Because then, it, you know, people might have some sort of bias towards the images, or they might just be picking the one that they like the most rather than what's actually coming to them psychically. I don't know. We'll discuss this later and see which would be the best way to do it, and then we'll put an announcement on the website. Okay, that we can do. And what do you yeah. think, Reggie? Good idea? Okay, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. And again, anything, you know, anything that anybody's doing, at least at least we're all trying. You know, we, we, we may be on the right line, we may not be on the right line, but at least we're trying to sort of uh, get to the bottom of the whole thing in a realistic approach rather than a Scooby-Doo approach that you, you tend to get on so many TV programs. How, how did you know, uh, there's a question from one of the chat rooms, is how did, Richard, how did you know the history of that helmet that, that you're using in, in the uh, Psychic and Science Show? The reason I know the history of it is because um, Richard and Denise Mart, who run uh, Compact, compact, um, Compass Paranormal, uh, and they're the guys that are on the show with me. Um, they actually own uh, an abbey in in France near Reims, uh, and they have the whole history. They actually bought uh, the abbey off off the uh, the widow of the doctor who lived in it during the war. And mm -hmm. They've got the whole story. They you know they've got that helmets. They've still got all manner of items that were left over, left behind by the Germans in, in the Second World War. Uh, and the story was actually told to them by the lady that owned the house during the war. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, they actually raped her 14-year-old daughter. Uh, the German did. Hitler Youth, he was. And uh, she, she blew his brains out at the end of the war. And again, joking apart, um, the, the, you know, the, the holes in it 
are, are proof without anything else that someone, well, no, I mean, first thing, yeah, okay, you know, I'm, you know, that could have been lying on the floor when a stray bullet hit it, but I'm afraid I've, I've, me being me, I've been inside it, into the lining, and I know that someone was wearing that helmet when they died. There you go. But actually, uh, we, we just got the two-minute bell there, so we've got to wrap it up. Uh, oh. Richard, uh, Heather says, uh, you come in a hole? 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 I'd, I'd love to come to hole. I'd, I'd love to. I'm sure next year that Psychic and Science will, will be coming to hole because we've uh, got lo loads of bookings already. Uh, and Yes, I'd love to come to hole because it's a very haunted city. Uh, and I, I, I have been once. I'd love to come again. And we also, what other quick question is, uh, what is the Drakelow Tunnel? Drakelow Tunnels is a fantastic uh, tunnel, um, four miles of tunnels under the ground in a place called Kidderminster near Birmingham in, in, in England. It was a factory, an underground factory during the Second World War. It's haunted. I've done it once. I'll be doing it again very soon. It's, well... Four miles of dark, dark, huge tunnels uh, under the ground. It's a little bit scary. Mm. So, any, anyways, uh, Cal, you got anything coming up or anything you want to mention, your website or whatever? Still working on the book at the moment and um, ironing out a few problems, but if anyone wants to contact me, go to calcooper.com. CalCooper.com. There you go. Richard, what do you got coming up? Uh, how can oh, people contact you? I'm, I'm off to Scotland tomorrow. I'm doing the last show of Psychic and Science in Inverness on Thursday night. Looking forward to seeing everyone because it's the only program we've done in Scotland. And any, any information anybody wants, it, they can get me on uh, richardfelix.co.uk. There you go. And, of course, I am available at the uh, Any Ghost Project website. Our new newsletter went out. You, you ought to get it. It's free. You just have to sign up for it. It comes out monthly. Uh, anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. And until next week, guys. Oh, wait a minute. There is no show next week. Not a live show, anyways. So uh, two weeks. Uh, Enjoy yourselves next week, guys. I'll be stopping my face with turkey. I should think so as well. <laughs> Whether you're four and a half or one hundred, you can retrain your brain. Learning RX, the radio show, is on Toginet.com. Thursday mornings at 8 